Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Orange Weekly Pre-Game Podcast. Another week, another win. I am joined here by uh, Kev Dan this week, um, our, my norm, normal co-host for Beers, Broncos, and No BS. Uh, Matt is going to be, uh, I don't know, Matt and Jared are both too important for this pre-game podcast. That they is that why start. I'm on? They're in, it, too important, it. so I'm the yeah. third one up? Yeah, third one up. Well, actually, I'm the third one up. You're the fourth one up. So, it's uh, we're we're falling down in the hierarchy here. But Kev Dan's gonna come on board and help me this week. Um, you know, Kev, like I said, another week, another win. Uh, I'm sure I speak for all of Broncos country when I say we could definitely get used to this. Uh, and we're not gonna go over uh, too much of the 16 to zero. Uh, winning over the Tennessee Titans this last week because, of course, that's what we have our post-game podcast for. Tanner and Jeff do an incredible job with that, so check that out every mm-hmm. week immediately after the game. Um, but tell me one thing, Kevin, that you saw from this last game that you're looking forward to seeing the team build on a little bit as we start to think about the Kansas City Chiefs coming up this Thursday night. The offense. The offense mm-hmm. came out and played a fairly consistent game third quarter was still not great but it was better uh our defense totally all four quarters looked incredibly strong uh that's not just for that one week you know the defense has played now two weeks in a row looking very very good obviously we'll talk about here in a minute but there are a lot of things that we still uh, need to clean up it's gonna be interesting to see how we approach that over a short week uh but the fact this team is really coming together as a whole getting closer and closer and closer to putting a, a entire four-quarter game together without stalling out majorly at any point is something that we are really, really going to need in this next uh, this Thursday night game. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that gives me a lot of hope going into this Thursday night game, you know, it's a short week, um, and that's always really tough to see how your guys respond. But, you know, one thing that really gives me a lot of hope is that this team is finally starting to look well coached, especially on the defensive side of the ball where it was we really expected during that they were going to come out this season looking that way, and they didn't. 
It was mistakes, it was guys missing assignments, people just not being where they needed to be in order to make plays. Now we're seeing consistently, week to week, guys are in their position to make those plays, and they're coming away with big ones like Justin Simmons yesterday, like Kareem Jackson, Chris Harris finally registered a turnover this year. This year. Uh, you know, another half sack for Von Miller, seven sacks overall mm-hmm. for this defense. We're starting to see that pass rush, not just from one guy, but lots of different guys now are starting to contribute. Um, you know, we thought if Bradley Chubb was uh, going to go out, we were going to see those numbers maybe dip a little bit. But now they really are st- starting to see guys step up and contribute that earlier in the season were not able to help out as much. Guys like Derek Wolf, who seemed really to be struggling as the season started, has really come on in this last couple of weeks. And the run defense has been phenomenal the last the last two weeks. You know, now we see another game where the Broncos hold an opponent to less than 40 yards rushing, and all of us at Orange Weekly were very, very concerned mm-hmm. about, um, you know, Derrick Henry and the, the kind of physical running style that he had and how important it was to shut him down, and they really they did a fantastic job yesterday. So what do you when you look at Alexander Johnson and Mike Purcell and the job that they have done in kind of transforming this run defense? What are you? What are the things that stick out to you about those two guys specifically and how they've helped us? I think some of it is those uh, couple position moves that we made uh, in the previous week's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Purcell going in there is uh, was a great move. I know we were all kind of shocked when we saw Adam Gotsis with a was a healthy scratch, and. You know, we're all like, "What? What are we doing here?" And yeah. it's, it seemed to work out. And this guy has played phenomenally the last. And you know, two the weeks. thing about Adam Gotsis too is that not only has he been sat in favor of Mike Purcell, Demarcus Walker is still activated for most of these games. You know, a guy who we picked in the second round and has not panned out uh, as far as that billing. But now under Vic Fangio, and this is you know, he's one of the guys that kind of exemplifies. That point that I was making earlier, you know, these guys are starting to look very well coached. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the stat right now, but Demarcus Walker in his first, let's see, how many games under, uh, let's see, under Vance Joseph and Joe Woods, 32 games, two sacks, 11 combined tackles, two tackles for a loss in six games under, yeah, and and, in, in six games under Vic Fangio, he has... Three sacks, 12 combined tackles, one tackle for a loss. I think that right there shows you a lot about the coaching. I, I don't know if it's just the, the, you know, the defensive coach specifically and the run blocking, you know, the, the, the defensive line coach, or if it's all of them as a whole. But, but one thing we got to keep in mind is the number of injuries the Broncos have so far. I mean, you look on the defensive, uh, you know, heck, Josie Jewell still wasn't in this last week. Uh, we're still missing Juwan James. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, and and just all these guys that we think are incredibly were incredibly important. Bryce Callahan. All of us are like, oh man, he's not coming back. How are we gonna overcome this? And you see all these guys stepping in. Bosby goes out, and all of us go, holy crap, what's gonna happen? I mean, even Yadam came out this last week and had an amazing game. I mean, the one block he had on Spencer's long return uh, was you know perfectly done. So there's a lot to be said about the coaching, but. These guys that we where we say next man up, next man up. These guys are actually stepping up, and that's really what what excites me. Yes, they're being well coached, but they're going out there and they're bonding as a team and they're executing well as a team as well. So now we're finally seeing what a Denver Broncos team can do when everyone's on the same page and we have competent uh, a competent coaching staff leading the charge. 
Absolutely. Now, one guy that I'm hoping that can come back this week, and there's a couple of guys, you know, Emmanuel Sanders sat out the second half of this game with a leg injury, the Titans game. Um, there was that knee injury that he's kind of been suffering through it uh, really since the first couple of weeks of the season. He's had that, and it's kind of been a nagging injury. He's been playing through it, and it sounds like the coaching staff is optimistic that he will be able to go out there on Thursday night against Kansas City. Uh, probably won't be 100%, so we'll see what we can what, manage our expectations from him. But he's always a guy who likes to show up for big games, and he's going to be hyped up for that Kansas City game. So let's see what we can get out of him. Um, another guy I'll be really interested to see if we can get back is Duke Dawson. Yep. Now, Dawson did not play um, against Tennessee. They thought maybe he was going to be able to go. I decided to keep him out, foot injury. Um, maybe he will be back this week, and I'm hoping so. Um, he's been a guy who's been able to really step in and play meaningful snaps and not be a liability in coverage in this mm-hmm. defense. Uh, you know, we pay, we traded uh, traded for for New England from him, former second round second round pick, uh, and he's really a guy who started to blossom a little bit under Fangio and Donatel. Um, that's one thing I'll really be looking forward to because you know Tennessee's passing offense with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill is one thing, but Patrick Mahomes coming in, gimpy ankle or not, is a whole different McGilla. And we really need those reinforcements in that secondary, as well as having the guys who have stepped in and played well, like Devontae Harris, Kareem Jackson taking his game to another level in this defense. We need that to continue if we want to have any shot of beating these guys on Thursday night. There's a lot of things that are going to have to go right in our favor uh, for us to have a chance. Now, here's, here's the crazy thing. If mm-hmm. we had been doing this podcast talking about this game two weeks ago, what what would your initial reaction be when we say we're playing the Chiefs two oh weeks God. ago? Oh, God, right? We have a chance. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have to go right, but the fact that we're sitting here saying we have a chance is just mind-blowing. We have really seen this team. We've been saying it for six weeks now. This team keeps improving. We keep seeing better things out of them every week, and now here we are after two Fairly solid wins saying we have a chance against the Chiefs, and that is just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, if you had told me two weeks ago we would be sitting here having a discussion where we could legitimately talk about maybe beating the Kansas City Chiefs, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought you were pulling my leg. And when you get, mm-hmm. you know, a little further into the defensive stats, you can see why it's just not that far-fetched especially if we can play complementary football this week. That's going to be that kind of the big C that I'm really looking for for our players. Can they play complementary football? Can the offense help the defense by staying on the field as much as possible, running it down the Kansas City Chiefs' throats, and you know playing a ball control offense that just doesn't allow that potent Kansas City air raid attack to really get going? Um, you know The Chiefs got Tyreek Hill back this last week. Uh, when they were playing the Houston Texans, he had two scores. Uh, he's, you know, probably one of the worst people playing in the NFL today. But you can't <laughs> deny the talent, the speed, and the fact that you just have to account for him on every single play. Um, you know, the other guy, of course, the, the kind of the focal point of that offense that's not Tyreek Hill has uh, got to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, very, very talented, maybe the best tight end in the entire league uh, now that Ron Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski's retired, um, you know, a guy who will make contested catches, a guy who will box out smaller defenders, a guy who will outrun slower defenders. And so, you know, A.J. Johnson, 
Kareem Jackson. That's going to be a big matchup for them this week. That's one that I'll really, really be looking for. Uh, you know, guys, the, the, the tight end has still been a little bit of a concern covering the tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, Delaney Walker was really the only Titan yesterday who had any sort of success against this Broncos defense. And, in, you know, it wasn't much. We have to keep success in, in perspective here because, really, we were able to shut down basically everything the Titans wanted to do yesterday. Uh, but as I look at his stats, Delaney Walker had three receptions for 43 yards, uh, you know, 14.3 average on six targets. Um, you know, I, I remember Kareem Jackson had a great pass breakup on him uh, during one play. So it's just, it's got to, you know, we've got to match up against Travis Kelsey. That's all th- there is to it. We have the guys to do it and we have the scheme to do it. Um, but you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to hold down this Kansas City offense all night. That's why I'm looking, like I said, for that complimentary football, play a ball control offense and just make things easier on the defense coming up this week. If you look back to last year, and the last time I think it was we played the Chiefs, we were able, as terrible of a season we were having, and as much issue we were having against uh, stopping tight ends, we were able to shut down Travis Kelsey for three quarters of mm-hmm. a game. Okay, that fourth quarter ended up being absolutely miserable because all of a sudden we just stopped doing yeah. it, right? But even last year's team was, showed us that we can do this. And what I fully expect Coach Vangio and, and company to go back and do is watch how we did that last last year and say guys this is how you did it now you just got to do it for four quarters instead of just mm-hmm. three but we have better personnel these guys are playing well uh, a lot better um, um, compared to last year and so i have confidence that we're going to be able to do this now the broncos are also number four in uh yards allowed per game on defense versus the chiefs that are number one in passing yards per game so we do have come to that matchup where the Broncos are actually doing pretty well on defense. We're in the top five, top ten in several different categories. But then you got the Chiefs who obviously their defense is uh, – or their offense is just – well, we all know what yeah, they are. absolutely. And you're right. This Broncos defense is allowing just 196 passing yards per game versus the Chiefs are, um, are passing for 339 yards per game. Now, like you said, that's kind of a strength versus strength – um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, we match up there. On the flip side of that matchup, the one that I'm really looking at right here, the Chiefs are, the Broncos are the 15th best rushing offense, you know, right about mm-hmm. league average. Um, but, you know, they've got two potent guys. We know what they can do when they want to scheme up a nice run game. The Chiefs are allowing 161.8 rushing yards per game. And that is an area that I am really, really looking for our, our offense to exploit. I think you're going to see a lot of two-back sets. This is, we are very, very, we should all be very, very happy that Andy Janovich has been back for a couple of games and is going to be mm-hmm. really, really healthy. I think the Chiefs are still going to be without Chris Jones, one of their best defensive players, really one of the only good defensive players they've got anymore. You know, they've got... Reggie Ragland uh, on the interior of that linebacking core, Anthony Hitchens, Deron Lee, you know, some guys who five years ago were kind of bigger names in this league as far as inside linebackers go. But as it stands right now, not the most impressive list that I've ever seen. Um, And I don't know that they are going to be able to hold up against this kind of rushing attack with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman able to really successfully successfully stuff it down their throats. 
that's going to open up so, so much more for this offense. I don't know that you're going to see a huge um, passing day from Joe Flacco. I don't think that's what they want. They've really kept him and his limited his attempts in the last couple of games. Um, you know, we may see some more of the big, you know, kind of the kind of chunk plays in this game. Some stuff like like we saw going up the sideline to uh, Cortland Sutton this last game for that big 40-yard chunk play. Really kind of our only chunk play of the day there uh, outside of that big 30-yard Philip Lindsay run. Um, so, you know, I think they might try to do more of that, take advantage of the fact that the Tennessee defense is, statistically speaking, a lot better than the Kansas City defense. Um, oh, you know, yeah. the Kansas City defense, they're coached by Steve Spagnuolo. Um, he, he goes in that base 4-3, and he's a guy that they brought in to, to kind of really solidify that side of the ball. They thought that he was going to be an upgrade over Bob Sutton, um, and, and when they brought him in... To, um, that put another down lineman in there and maybe maybe at least shore up that run defense, if nothing else. They brought in Frank Clark this this year. That was kind of their big-name guy that they traded a first-round pick for uh, to rush the passer a little bit. But that one, you know, also really hasn't worked out. Uh, I believe he has maybe one or two sacks this season. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just a guy that you were expecting a little bit more for uh, from. And, you know, maybe he'll turn it on this season, I, or this week. I, you know, you, you hope not. Um, we're not sure, of course, if Jawan James is going to be able to play. It doesn't sound like he's that close. As far, you know, you kind of have to sift through Coach Fangio's comments on him. But it sounds right. like he's a guy who may just need another week or two before he's really ready to come back in. Um, worst case scenario, we don't see him after the until after the bye. So... Mm-hmm. You know that's that's an area of concern for me. I'll be looking to see if maybe they can they can do a little bit to help out against Frank Clark, help out Elijah Wilkinson and, and Garrett Bowles. But this team plays with two tight ends and three tight ends fairly effectively and fairly often. Uh, you see uh, guys like Andrew Beck out there. Troy Fumagalli doesn't has kind of been inactive the last couple of weeks in favor of Hireman Fant and Beck being kind of the three guys yeah. in there. Um, but you know we've re- we've seen Rich Scangarello do some really really creative things with protections. Get Andy Janovich and two of those three tight ends in there on the same plays, and even pass out of those sets. So I, I think they're going to be able to shut down this Kansas City pass rush as anemic as it's been, and really be able to control the, the tempo of the game with the Broncos' run game. That's going to be exactly what we have to do, and that's what uh, both the the Lions did, and almost beat them. What the Colts did, what the Texans did. And honestly, you know, I said it before, but Coach Fangio and company are going to go back and look at the last time we played the Chiefs in Denver and show that, just, hey, guys, watch this film. This is what we have to do. This is what, our, what we're going to. This is our game plan because it almost worked. If, if um, Casey, Keenum, Casey Keenum. Yep. It's been yep, a while since I talked about him. It feels good to not have Case to talk Keenum. about him for this long. I know, yeah. right? And it's like, who is that right. guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, if he had made that easy, easy, easy pass to uh, Demarius Thomas, Demarius yeah. Thomas, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, all I remember is just seeing how wide open he was and how far off that pass yep. was. You know, so at the end of the day, names don't matter. What matters is how terrible of a pass yeah. it was. That would have won us the game. That's how close we came to being the Chiefs as dominating the Chiefs for last year. Now this year, it's it's more of the same, but we we know that they're. Weaknesses have not changed since the last season, and you know the new defensive coordinator hasn't done anything different uh, in terms of making them mm-hmm. better. You know, so the fact that we have Philip Lindsay and it's his second year, and we got Royce Freeman, it's, you know, his second year, these guys are going to be able to come out, and I, if, if they can execute, 
we are going to control the game. The question is, how is our defense going to go out and handle Pat Mahomes? Yeah, absolutely, and that's something you've really got to look at. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes has been affected by an ankle injury. Um, he has kind of been dealing with it all season. He has, it kind of sounded like yesterday, it maybe got a little bit re-aggravated or, uh, you know, he got hit on that ankle again yesterday. Um, it's just the kind of thing that's going to bear watching as it goes. You know, even Patrick Mahomes as at 80% is still, you know, a top 10 quarterback in this league as opposed to, you know, by far and away the MVP candidate of the league. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're going to be getting off light. Um, we are still going to get a oh, no. very potent Chiefs offense. We kind of talked about their weapons a little bit already in uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, but they've also got their second-round pick from this year, Miko Hardman, has really showed up. He's caught a few touchdowns for them already, and some deep ones. He's kind of fit right into this offense. Uh, Sammy Watkins is another guy who they haven't been with, they haven't had in the last couple of weeks due to injury. It sounds like he maybe back this game. Uh, you know, they're, if we're getting Emmanuel Sanders back, it sounds like they're maybe getting Sammy Watkins back. So there's weapons all over. And with uh, defensive, um, you know, defensive shortages that we have in the defensive backfield, uh, you know, Devontae Bosby certainly going to miss this week. No Bryce Callahan again this week. It's starting to, you know, mm-hmm. we may not see Bryce Callahan at all this year. We should probably, uh, as fans, just prepare ourselves for that eventuality, the way that this is going. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have to count on, you know, like, a, like we talked about earlier, if you can get Duke Dawson back, that would be really big to help kind of reinforce for you. Um, but, you know, you've also got some other guys on the injury list for the Broncos today. Uh, you know, Derek Wolf obviously got hurt yesterday. He came back in uh, and played the rest of that game. And he had a, he had a sack yeah. after that, too. He came back in and had I, a sack. So I, I would mean... expect to see him uh, in this game. I would not expect <laughs> yes. to see Derek Wolf on the sidelines. Uh, but, you know, Will Parks is a guy who, who, got, who got a little dinged up. Shelby Harris, a guy who got a little dinged up. Uh, so as you look at the, the walking wounded list for both of these teams, there's really no big advantage one way or the other. It's just you've got to match up your guys against their guys on defense, uh, on, against their offense, and, you know, see if you can slow them down. If the Vance Joseph defense could slow them down enough that they were in position to win a game, Last season, I think this Vic Fangio defense is going to be able to do very well. Uh, they have, let's see, the Kansas City rushing offense is nowhere near uh, impressive or po- as impressive or potent, certainly as Tennessee's was. They have the 24th best rushing offense. They're rushing for 82.7 yards a game. Now, of course, I think it's not going to be a problem for the Broncos to shut down that running game. But at the same time, I don't know that you're going to see Kansas City emphasizing that run game a whole lot. I think one of the reasons you see those, that's that 24th ranking, is they just probably, they don't try to run the ball a whole lot. That's not what they do best. Uh, you know, that Andy Reid system is based in the West Coast offense, but you do see them run out of the shotgun almost all the time, even if they're going to be running the ball. And they have incorporated, of course, a lot of the air raid schemes that Patrick Mahomes is most, most comfortable with from his college days. Uh, and why not? I mean, obviously, they've had such success with it, and nobody's figured out quite how to stop it just because of all the speed that they have on that offense. You know, Hardman, Kelsey, uh, Watkins, Hill, these are all guys that are above average, have above average speed, and can take the top off of your defense if you're not being careful and you're not scheming for them. So it's going to have to be gap sound, assignment sound, cover your zone defense, 
you know, hopefully we don't see we don't need to see a ton out of a guy like Isaac Yadam. Hopefully Devontae Harris can hold down that other cornerback spot for another week, especially if we can get Duke Dawson back. I like the matchups mm-hmm. against this defense. I think they can play fast enough to keep up with the Kansas City. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to be a huge test for Alexander Johnson in particular. If he finds himself in coverage with Travis Kelsey, we're all going to see how he can stand up to having to play a more athletic tight end. You know, we've seen him play close to the line of scrimmage and in run support uh, very, very, very well. But how do you think, Kevin, how do you think he's going to be able to match up against one of the most athletic tight ends in the league in Travis Kelsey? I wish I could give an answer, man. The, the answer is I just don't know. You know, we have no idea how he's going to handle somebody like Travis Kelsey. And if I were Travis Kelsey, I'm sitting here going, I am going to make sure I just, I have the best game of my life here because this is an untested guy. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to go out there and just be the guy that carries this team to a win. Uh, and I hope that, you know, that it gets answered in a positive way after the game. <laughs> but either way, if I'm the Broncos on the other side, I want to have a backup and a tertiary plan yeah. as well. You know, hey, if that doesn't work, because we can't be doing that all game. If by the end of the first quarter, just Travis Kelsey is just killing us, okay, time for a backup. You know, who, who are you, what are we going to do to change some personnel, change uh, some of our schemes to uh, you know, try to stop him, slow him down? That doesn't work. We have something else in the hip pocket. But again, we've seen what, what we need to do to stop Travis Kelsey in the past. And so if I'm Johnson there, I'm, look, I'm looking at that film, and I'm saying, hey, how did we play against him last year? And this is the same thing I have to do this year to at least – you're not going to stop Travis Kelsey, but to slow him down as much yeah, as possible. absolutely. You can minimize his impact along with their, their, their other weapons. You're not going to, like you said, take them completely out of the game. But you can do enough on enough plays to make them uncomfortable, make sure that they know that this is not going to be an easy game, that they're not going to be able to walk all over you. I think this defense is going to come out with some fire, um, definitely going to come out, you know, hearing probably for most of this short week how the Kansas City offense is going to be looking to redeem themselves a little bit against this defense, you know. Uh, at 2-4, and four, you, you kind of are what your record says you are to a, to a certain point. But as you pointed out earlier, uh, you know, the Broncos are leading in a bunch of statistical categories on defense. Um, they've got they're improving in in categories like turnovers and sacks, and you know the rest of it is coming along. Uh, we're just going to have to see. You know, this week is going to be a very potent test, a very t- a kind of turning point in our season. If the Broncos somehow manage to win this game, and we can look a little bit ahead here, um, if the Broncos somehow manage to win this game, then they've got nine days to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts before their bye week. And if they, as, as, as much as they can get healthy at their bye week, that's only going to help them improve. You know, if you're looking, if you're going into the bye week, somehow, miraculously at four and four, we're talking about a totally different Broncos season than we were three weeks ago, Kevin. It's not going to even be close to that point. All of a sudden, uh, these teams that we were afraid of before, just because, well, there's Kansas City, and if we can't be Kansas City, we can't beat some of these other guys we lost to. Holy yeah. crap. If we've improved to the point now, where hypothetically we're saying that we we might beat the Chiefs if that does happen, a lot of these teams become a lot less scary. The one that I am concerned about still is the Colts because of how sound their team is, uh, especially their offensive line. And Kobe Brissett has been looking fantastic uh, behind that, and that's something we can talk a whole uh, a whole lot more later on. But the bigger picture here is, yes, if we can go into the bye week four and four, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, uh, there's no talk about uh, Drew Locke. There's talk about, hey, can we make a, 
a run to nine mm-hmm. and seven, and are we going to be in the talk for uh, a wild Absolutely. card now? Absolutely. I'm I'm going to I'm going to sit here and say even if we do lose lose to the Chiefs, you know, let's say it's by a, a, a field mm-hmm. goal, three or four points, I'm still going to be pretty positive. Yeah. We've seen ourselves hang with teams like Green Bay. And, man, who else? I mean, all these games have been playing really close, and we've been hanging with some of these bigger teams. I don't expect anything different from this week. But, you know, if we can continue to improve and hang with some of these bigger teams, well, that's going to lead to more more yeah. wins. And so the, the next couple of weeks discussion is really going to depend on just how well mm-hmm. we do. And, man, if we get that win, that's, that's an even bigger, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't even know how that's going to change the momentum this team. The momentum has. and the confidence are going to be through the roof. Now, I said when a few minutes ago, as I was looking over this injury report, that I was I didn't see a huge advantage for either team one way or the other. But now that I'm looking a little bit closer, there's one area for the Chiefs that I I if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'd be really concerned about, and it's one area that they should you know based on their results last week. Uh, should have some concern about, and it's their offensive line injuries. You know, Eric Fisher did not participate in practice with a groin injury today. Um, Andrew Wiley, guard, did not participate with an ankle injury today. Uh, Their other tackle, Cam Irving, with a groin injury, he did not participate. Uh, They had, let's see, full participation out of their guard, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. You know, he's probably going to be playing. Uh, but you know, that's one area, you know, the protection over the past couple of weeks for Pat Mahomes has not been great. You know, let me, uh, I'm going to look up some stats here for the Chiefs uh, Texans game. Uh, but I know he got hit on that ankle once at least, um, yep. that, that ankle that was already pretty gimpy. And if our pass rush is as strong as it has been, if we're getting contributions out of guys like DeMarcus Walker again, you know, Draymond Jones did not have a sack in this last game, but he did have a pressure that led to a throwaway. Uh, You know, if we're getting production from, you know, guys that are kind of the back end of the defensive line rotation, if we're able to keep guys fresh, that's going to be a huge, huge benefit for us, especially having that offensive line as gimpy as it's been. What do you think about that matchup? I just think in general you can't uh, you can't count Mahomes out, but but we've seen already the difference it is. And you already talked about hey, Pat Mahomes fully healthy is you know league MVP. Mm-hmm. With an ankle injury, he's in the top ten, but his play significantly decreases when he can't roll out of the pocket, do those no look passes. You know, as soon as you let him extend those plays and make something happen, he can. But if he can't move around that well. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I hope his his ankle gets hurt again, but if I can say, well, I hope it doesn't heal very much until Thursday night. We can you know? hope that his limited, uh, his okay effectiveness is limited by his ankle. That's that's fine. Exactly, I and I and I over a, you know four days between games, there's not a lot of room uh, time mm-hmm. to heal, especially if it's been bugging him for over two mm-hmm. weeks now. This isn't something that's just going to get better in three days. Um, so it's something to keep in mind. We have to keep him in the pocket because if we do let him roll out, he, there's still that chance. And we saw everything he did to us last year when as soon as he rolls out of the pocket, you know, that play is going for who knows how right. long uh, down the field. But keeping him in the pocket, putting him under pressure, now we're giving ourselves those opportunities and, if anything, giving us a chance to get you know, Chiefs offense off yeah, the field. Absolutely. And that's, you know, if it's it's – 
all to the Broncos' advantage, like you said. If that ankle isn't worth 100% and we can keep our run game going, and you know, these are the things that we have to add up to get a win. Because as encouraging as it's been the last few weeks to kind of see this team especially come together on defense, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs is the best team that we've played all season. And I think, you know, the Green Bay Packers, that's a very good team. Um, you know, maybe a little bit better on defense. See, now that I say that, I, I, I have to maybe backtrack a little bit. Maybe the pa- Packers are a little bit more complete team, maybe not as, as exciting and dynamic on offense, as crazy as that is to say about a team led by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but on defense, the Packers, I think, are leaps and bounds better than Kansas City. No, think about it. How close did we hang with mm-hmm. Green Bay on yeah, the road? absolutely. This is what I'm saying. We've improved, what, three, four weeks yeah. since then? And now we're playing the Chiefs at home. Yeah, absolutely. So this is what's giving it that confidence. Is not only have we improved, but we hang, hung with Green Bay. And now we've improved to the point where we've won two games. And we're saying that we have a very solid And when chance. you listen to the players, you know, the guys ha- have been, you know, experiencing the frustration along with us. But they've known how close they've been to cracking these things open. And you can hear it in, in the way the coaches speak, too. Uh, you know, Von Miller, when talking about pass rushing yesterday after the game, said, "You can hit the rock a hundred times. That hundred and first time, it's going to crack." And but and you didn't, you know, that effort that you put into those hundred whacks the first time it may felt it may have felt like a wasted effort, but you find when you finally get home, they start to come in bunches. You know, they start to get games where they get seven sack and you know five the week before. Um, we had more sacks and interceptions this game than we had had all of the games pre- prior to this game combined. So, you know, it's just the kind of thing where we, we've seen, I mean, we've talked about it every podcast and, and most of this one already, we, how well we've seen the defense come together. But you've got the best test they've had so far. They're going to be fired up. They know what they've got. You hear Chris Harris talk about how he's excited to play Kansas City every single year. He doesn't back away from that challenge. They are super, super ready to have this, you know, a Thursday night game, prime time in front of your own fans. I think this is exactly what these guys want right now. I don't think they want a cupcake game on their schedule, which is good because there are none left. Um, (laughs) But I don't... (laughs) Maybe the Browns. Yeah, but I think if you gave everybody on this team a choice, whether or not they wanted to play the Dolphins this week or the Chiefs on Thursday night... There wouldn't be a single guy who told you we want the Dolphins. I think they want this test. I think they're ready for this test. And I think they're ready to go out and show everybody in Broncos country and kind of around the country, we're not done yet. They're ready to show me because, you know, I, I, I was ready to kill and bury them. And they are ready to show, we you know, I've been, it's what I've been saying all year long. Show me. I think they're ready to show me this week, Kev. I think so, too. Uh we all need it. You know, we've, we've needed these last two wins. The, the players needed it. Broncos country has come together. The crowd was yeah. loud uh, on Sunday. And uh, if you don't mind, I want to kind of turn, turn the, you know, turn the, on the other side mm-hmm. of the page. Here we have the Chiefs, who have lost two games in a row, both at home. These guys are, I think, as Von Miller said, going to come out like an angry hornet's yeah. nest. They, they have something to prove, too, to show the last two weeks were a fluke. And if you look at the scores, the, the number of points the Chiefs have put up, week one, 40 points against the Jaguars. Look, that's, that's week one. Kind of an outlier because the Raiders, they had 28 points, and they were down, I think it was 10-0 to zero at the first half, and they came out and scored those four touchdowns in the mm. second half there. Uh, Ravens, they had 33. Lions, they had 34. Colts, they only had 13. Uh, but then against the Texans, they had 24. Yeah. So... 
I'm sitting here thinking these chief players, you know, the team's going to come out angry. They want to show just as much on primetime uh, television to the world, to the country, that they're as legit a team as much as the Broncos mm-hmm. are. Now, in that, we have that home field advantage, but uh, there were some stats shown on the game yesterday uh, uh, <clears throat> that all the stuff that the, the away teams have done this year, mm. you know, the, the points they've scored, the, the yards they've had per game. Is, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the away teams have done fantastic this, mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and then, of course, Tennessee comes to our, our field, and we, we shut them out. But what I'm getting at is with the Chiefs playing with the mentality they're going to have and with the number of points they put up, I'm thinking if we don't put up 24 points, it doesn't matter how well our defense does. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that is. So what? what is your ceiling? What do you think the Broncos can realistically do in points? And that's, you know, against this defense, um, you know, I I really, I, I think they can score 24 points. And the the streak of games going back to, I, I can't remember exact, the exact number that we haven't scored more than 24 points. But it's a long, long list, and it's very, very sad. Um, you know, I think we can against this defense. We certainly have the ability to score 24, 27, 30 points. Um, you know, I look, another name that I see on the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs injury report is Kendall Fuller, uh, one of their betting, better players in the secondary at cornerback for the Chiefs. And that's another opportunity, I think, especially for a guy like Cortland Sutton to make some pr- pretty big plays against that secondary once you've opened up um, the run game a little bit on him and kind of showed him that. Uh, but that's, you know, I, I really do think the Broncos are going to kind of want to come out and rely on their run game a little bit. You saw them kind of try to do that against the Titans this last week. It was a very conservative game plan, and they really stuck to it throughout the whole game, even when they were kind of grinding through the second and third and fourth quarters. As their defense just put the clamps down, the Broncos' offense really just played to limit mistakes, to not turn the ball over, to not make goofy interceptions. Um, and I think, you know, that's that, that that kind of football can be what they play this week. But I think they are going to find a little bit more as far as holes in the run game, you know, to kind of bust off five, six, seven, eight-yard runs uh, when they were maybe only getting a yard or two yards and a cloud of dust against the Titans. Um, so I think we are going to see just a little bit more offensive effectiveness just due to that, even on, on the, you know, if we have a similar type of game called and similar type of plays run. But I do think you may have to open it up just a little bit more if you want to get to that 24-point mark. Because like you said, even against, you know, these Chiefs are not going to come out, you know, happy that they have questions to answer against the 2-4 and four Broncos. They do not want to come into this game having the, the narrative be, oh, this Broncos defense's arrow is pointing up and the Kansas City offense is pointing down. They are going to kind of want to come out and make a statement, prove that they are the best team in this division, and everybody else in this, in this division is an also-ran. So that's what they're going to want to try to do, and if you want to stop them from doing that, you are just going to have to put up some points. That's the end of it. I don't want to hear excuses because your offense hasn't been effective for whatever reason. If you want to beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to score. So I'm looking at this. We got uh, last year, week 11, against the Chargers, uh, we got 23 points. Then week 12 and 13 last year, we got 24 points. That was the last time was week 13 of last year when we had 24 mm-hmm. points. Uh, now, just 
if you look at the last four games of the, the season we played last year, if we had scored 24 points, we would have won three of those four. Um, but now we're looking at a team where we haven't scored 24 points since uh, the Cincinnati Bengals game last year on mm-hmm. December 2nd, uh, which was the last game we had won before that eight-game losing streak, yep. right? Um, but uh, so it, it's it's – the offense knows this, you know. I think the the game against the Colts uh, the other week uh, with the the Chiefs there, they only scored thirteen mm-hmm. points. I think that's an outlier mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that you know, even last week, you know, they scored how many points? I think it was twenty four against uh, uh, against the Texans. And so that's where I'm saying, if we don't score at least twenty four, we don't have a chance. I do think that our defense is going to play very well. But you just have to count that Pat Mahomes and the, the Chiefs offense is going to go down yeah. the field. And that flows me into something you said just a second ago, is how conservative our play calling was in this last game. I totally understand how it was. And on the halftime show, a lot of people were very upset with how conservative we were being. But in that game against the Titans, we had to be because it was such a defensive battle that a couple plays, and really if you think about it, that game came down to a couple of plays that really swung uh, in our favor that won us that game. If we had gone, you know, tried to be a little too fancy or mm-hmm. something, and the Titans you know, had gotten a couple of those plays, it'd be a very different very outcome. Much so. But now, and what I want to ask you is, how much more aggressive do you think we're going to be? Because if you're asking me, I mean, if we're on the Chiefs' 40-yard line and it's fourth and inches, we got to. I don't care if it's the first quarter, we got to yeah. go for it. Those are the kinds of things where we cannot be settling for field goals. It's if it's fourth and short midfield. We got to yep. go for it because we're not going to get that many chances to convert. And if we find ourselves punting or just settling on field goals, there is no way we're going to get up to 24 no. points. And, and that's, you know, we can talk about a ball control offense all we want, but the fact of the matter is even if you play a perfect ball control offense and have, you know, a 35, 40 minutes time of possession, the Chiefs don't need very much time to score. It's just they can flick it down the field, 60 yards down the field, in less than 10 seconds of game time, and you're sitting there wondering what the heck just happened. So you've got to have a little bit more. I think you are hit the nail exactly on the head. You've got to go for touchdowns if you are in the uh, if you're in the in the red zone. You've got to go for it on fourth downs if you're in Chiefs territory. If you you've just got to make these plays. Um, you've got to keep your ball, your offense on the field. You've got to be scoring touchdowns and not field goals. If you don't get to 24 points, like we've been saying, your chances are just not that great against this Chiefs team. 13 points against the Colts, like you said, is an outlier. Um, they are gonna they are gonna absolutely be able to score even on a defense like ours. Um, I think we can respond. I think we can see you know a couple more deep shots down the field to guys like Cortland Sutton. I think you may see the tight ends get a little bit more involved in this game. Noah Fant and Jeff Hireman, you may see some ch- kind of chunk plays to them. And I think you really are going to try to see them get the running backs out in space like they've been doing. Like they've, they've really been able to design very good plays for the running backs in space to pick up chunks of yards. And I think they're going to be able to run through the second levels of this Kansas City defense if they're given enough open space. But... I think you've got to see them try to open it up a little bit. That sideline down pass down the sideline to Cortland Sutton for 40 yards from deep in our own territory, that was as, as aggressive as they got uh, in this last week against the Titans. I'd expect to see a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Really get some of those shot plays worked in early, maybe even on the first possession of the game, to really kind of come out to the Chiefs and say, we're going to set the tone offensively, we are going to run the ball effectively at you, but we're going to try to score points and put this game out of reach before you can do anything about it. Well, that's what you have to do. And I think if you're talking about the game plan, we, we have 
we have the upper hand when it comes to game game plan, I believe, at least on the offense side of the ball. We're going to run the ball a lot, but we're going to keep you honest by making those throws down the field. Maybe chunk plays 15, 20 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see one or two bombs down the field as well um, just to keep their defense honest because that, again, is just going to keep the run game flowing. So it may be an incomplete 60-yard pass, but... You know, again, it's just going to go back to the, the defense who can't stop the run. Well, if they know that we're just not even going to take those chances, then why even mm. worry about it? So even in the first quarter, I would not be surprised if you see Skangrill dial, dial up a huge pass down the field just to, just to threaten the Chiefs with, we are not afraid to do this against you guys. And that's where I'm thinking. It just The players we have, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, these guys should have a phenomenal mm-hmm. game. Absolutely. Now, uh, before, I think we've, you know, as we kind of wrap up here and, and get to our score predictions in just a second, um, I want to ask you, because uh, I've got kind of an unsung hero that I wanted to bring up, um, and then I wanted to ask you maybe if you've got one on this team that you don't think gets enough recognition. Um, and it seems a little ridiculous because the name that I'm about to give you guys, but Von Miller uh, is really a guy who has been kind of in the dirt every single week, making the contribution that this team needs him to make without necessarily making a big splash on the stat sheet like we're used to him having. He's got two and a half sacks this season. He just added, you know, half a sack against Tennessee. But this guy has been tough sledding all game, every game from the start of the season. He's been double teamed and triple teamed, especially since Bradley Chubb went away. I heard Derek Wolf talk about it post-game yesterday. He said they're taking away his inside move. They're taking away his outside move. Where are you supposed to go after that? You know, you've got guys chipping him on almost every play. And that, you know, they can hit you any way they want to when they're chipping you. They can hit you in the ribs. They can hit you up high. They can hit you up low or down low. And there's really nothing you can do about that. So Von Miller's been taking on these double teams. He's been taking these chips. And we've been seeing the pass rush open up for other guys. And other guys start to get home. And it's, you know, just the effort that he's putting in on this defensive line. It's kind of been unsung, like I said, because the stats haven't been piling up. But I just wanted to take a minute and appreciate the work he's doing. It's dirty work, but it's an important role in this defense. Well, that's the thing about pass rush. I mean, you you don't really hear much about Mm -hmm. them until they Mm -hmm. get a sack or if they don't get a sack. But if you you stop watching the ball, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's tough to do when you're watching the game live because that's the center of... Mm-hmm. action right but if you take your eye off the ball and just see what's happening in the trenches you see what Von Miller is trying to do and like you're saying getting double and triple teamed and you still see how much fight he mm-hmm. has in him uh, but the interesting thing again when Bradley Chubb went down a lot of us were like holy crap this is just the worst thing right Malik mm-hmm. Reed holy crap he has come out and made his name for himself the last couple of weeks uh, in addition to all the other players that got a sack this last week, you know, the seven yeah. of them that we got. Um, all of a sudden, you, you know, okay, let's put two or three guys on Von Miller, but you have three, four other guys that you got to be worried yeah. about. Especially so, since Shelby you know, Harris is back at his natural position at defensive end. Oh, he's made a huge difference. What, a uh, blocked pass and a sack mm-hmm. last week? Yeah. Um, and then he had another blocked pass uh, the week before yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So. This is where I'm saying you might see Von Miller get a little bit more uh, in the um, stat sheet-wise pr- uh, production because all of a sudden, man, you got to be really careful about putting three guys on Bill- Von Miller because we have two or three at least other guys that are going to ruin Pat yeah, Mahomes' they can day fi- if they're not got careful. Got other guys who can win one-on-one battles. 
So I think that's, I mean, that whole, you're right, Von Miller, he's been fighting intensely. And uh, quick thing, I was listening on 104.3 The Fan the other day, and one of the guys was talking about his old school coach when he was in the NFL. Just didn't matter how hard he was playing. Uh, his coach never said, good job, or you're doing well. Um, you just kept saying, I need more, I need more. You, you know, keep keep improving, basically. What uh, Vic Viangio is doing for Von Miller, just calling him yeah. out, you know. And then finally, after four or five games, I think he said, where he had really, really solid performances, finally the coach came over and said, hey, good job, keep mm. it up. And he said that was the best feeling yeah. ever, right? And that's Vic Vangio is that old school coach, and I'm just loving the fact he's this old school coach. And he's going to keep calling out Von Miller until he has those game, four or five games in a row. And it may be as simple as just a, hey, Von, good job, keep yeah. it up. Um, but, but what we are seeing is this guy, he has been improving. Mm-hmm. And it's not on the stat sheet, but man, you look at the impact he's having on the game. Yeah, it's, I mean he he could have it, it says he could have easily been credited with causing two of the sacks that were collected by other people yesterday. Uh, so you know, I yeah. think we are going to see some more one on ones for him, like you say, in the next few weeks. Hopefully, he'll be able to open that up a little bit more. Um, let's pivot now to your score predictions, and I'm going to cheat and make you since you're the guest this week. Uh, make you go first. Do you use? Are you I'm, brave enough? I'm the guest, but I'm the founder of Orange Weekly. Don't I get to no, play that uh, you, part? No, not today. Most days, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not let you get away with it this one time now. Um, okay, yeah, that's so. Fair. Do you? Are you bold enough to to call it a win for the Broncos this week? Yes, I have uh, a couple little bold predictions to go with it. Uh, Spencer is going to have a kick or punt return mm-hmm. touchdown. Okay, I think it's about time we've seen what he can do. Uh, he's also going to be smart and not, uh, you know, field a, a punt or kick at the two-yard yeah. line as well. Um, but he's finally going to have a breakthrough and get all the way down to the end zone because he's come close a couple times yeah. already. Um, we're going to – we're actually going to get three three sacks mm-hmm. on Mahomes, and we're going to yep. pick him off once. Yep. All right. Um, so those are three of my outlandish predictions okay. right there. Not outlandish, okay. bold. Uh, but because of all of that, I think the Broncos will have a huge breakthrough on offense mm-hmm. because the defense is going to do so well. Philip Lindsay is going to come out have a uh, hundred. I think he's going to have 120 rushing yards and another 50 to 60 passing yards after that. He's going to be looking to having a close to 200 nice. yard game. Um, and Royce Freeman's going to have you know 80 to 100 rushing yards as well on his own because I think these are close to it. These guys are going to come out and just demolish him with the run game. Score prediction. Broncos 27, uh, Chiefs 23. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, I, I'm i going to keep your uh, your Chiefs score. Um, I'm also predicting a Broncos win this week. Uh, you know what? I think I, I've got the optimism back. It's here. Uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. You know, I was tempted to pick the Chiefs all the way up until I asked you for your score prediction, and I said, what the heck? Let's just do it. Uh, so I think the, we see a little bit of a reversal from what we've seen from the Broncos this season already. 24-23 Denver. Uh, I think we are losing until the last few until the last drive where we're able to drive down and, and kick a last-minute field goal to pull ahead for the win uh, as opposed to having the enemy kick a field goal that, that ends it for us uh, for a loss. I think uh, 24-23 is going to be my, my total. And, uh, boy, I hope I'm not jinxing them right now. <laughs> uh, I hope I'm not either, but it's funny you say that because we've, we've done that twice this year already. Mm-hmm. You know, we did it against Green Bay, 
And if we can do it against Green Bay, then we have a much more chance, I think, of doing it against the Chiefs. Yep. But um, Just... it's tough to sit here and say this four and two Broncos team should be a. Uh, I'm sorry, two and four should be a four yep. and two. Absolutely. Because 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 we're not. And it's our own fault. However, yeah. we're playing more like a four and two team yes. now. I would agree with that. Let's just keep it up. You know what? Don't regress. Improve. Yeah, Please improve don't. the areas that you've been improving on and don't regress on those areas that you maybe haven't looked as good on. That's that's all we can that's if, the, kind of the same thing we've been working with week to week. Keep doing it because it's it's winning you games, you know, at a certain point. Keep doing it because it's winning you games. Any final thoughts, Kev? If you're going to the Broncos game and you're listening to this, go go loud, you know, just stomp your feet, you know, yell the whole time uh, our defense is on the field. Bring back some of that mile high magic. We're gonna need it. We're gonna need a, we're gonna need some luck. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I think with the role we're on, we're gonna get some of that luck going our favor. Is what I am really really Absolutely. hoping. Um, and otherwise, my other thoughts is, you know, make sure you you watch Ray's new show, uh, Ragers. If you're into uh, any kind of sports betting, or you just want to hear what Vegas is. Uh, thoughts are for the game. Ray does a great job breaking down uh, the the betting lines of the day for the Broncos game. And what's his record? It was like sixteen and four or something. It's something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's making he's making yeah, a lot of and, money. And, and every, so, every time we uh, we hit him up for for advice uh, as the Orange Weekly staff, we make money. So it, yeah, it shouldn't exactly. just be us, guys. You got you got to get in on this. That's uh, that Rager show uh, drops t- typically the day before the game or the morning of. Um, so check that out maybe Wednesday or early Thursday for this week's show. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Also check us out on Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, kind of all of the above there, guys. Hit, give us likes, give us shares, give us some money. We, we, you know, not to be crass, but we'd love to get some of your money. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> the way I say it, it's not going into now, our pockets. No, no, I, I, wish, I wish I could just be like, oh, here's some money every month just for me. Absolutely. But no, I, I want to be... Yes, give us your money, but it's it's for you guys so we can get better equipment. But I like how you said that. Give yes, us no, money. We'd love to get some of your money, but let me be very very clear about that. None of that money. We don't get to keep any of that money. No, we we want that money so that we can put it back into the show, reinvest in equipment, new you know new segments. It's all for you guys because we as much as we love we doing might, this, the only reason we do it is for you. We might uh, use some of it to uh, help. You know, pay for Ray to go get his beard trimmed a little bit. You know, bit. I, I, you at, at a certain point though, I feel like the the <laughs> beard is almost its own character. Like if you, if you, you That's know, true. if you take away the beard, it doesn't need to be shaved. Just you know, something where every month you can go and just make sure it looks like right. perfect for his his show right. and everything. Well, that's we can we can talk about that off the air. The the the. <laughs> The Beard Podcast, guys, coming to you very, very soon from Orange Weekly. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, David, uh, uh, I don't have any stickers well, for you this week. that's a shame. I do appreciate I do appreciate you letting me come on the show this week. It's been fantastic, cool. and uh, our listeners are it's great It's my as well. pleasure, Kev. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for, for filling in for Matt this week. You did a great job, as always. Um, we'll see you a little bit later this week for the Beers, Broncos, and No BS show. Um, hopefully, you know, we have some good things to talk about next week as well. Uh, as always, as we're wrapping up here, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care.